Slytherin? Hell yeah. Did you do a test? Or I'm you... the bad guy. Yeah, but did you do a test or did you just want to be a Slytherin? I just wanted the green. Yeah, he's wanted the green. Even though we've talked about this, I'm the, I'm the Slytherin, and I even said this yesterday. Are you actually a Slytherin? To, well, yeah. Okay, well you can have this one then. No, it's okay. Watch no, wait. Watch this. But did you do the test? Did you do the Harry Potter test? Yes, it's a Hufflepuff. Harry Potter test says oh, I'm no. Hufflepuff because I kept clicking the treats option. I was like, treats, <laughs> treats, <laughs> treats, treats. Because you were eating while doing the survey. Yeah, they're like you. Hufflepuff. <laughs> Quack. Time three, two, one, quack. Today on the Geek Out podcast, there are virtual cassettes hidden all over Victoria. They are hipster bait. Everyone and their mother literally has been watching Hamilton, and we're going to review and recommend shit again. We talk trailers for Star Trek, Lower Decks, The Boys Season 2, and Transformers, War for Cybertron. Comic-Con at Home has started to release its schedule of panels. Sorry, I my <laughs> Freudian mind read a dirty word there. <laughs> hey, just no. What one? Yeah, I thought it said pants. No, read your line. I seriously is like, I thought it said release its schedule of penises. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would you even? Yeah. Uh, I need glasses. It's a stretch. And a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers has sold at auction for one hundred and fourteen thousand United States dollars. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Geek Out Podcast, episode 93. We record this on June, no, July 14th, 2020. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boy Tano. I've got penises on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you can hear me, Plus, you know, and I, <laughs> I host, host penis. those penises. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no. Uh, hats off to you all, the three OG crew, uh, for a great pod last week. I had a lot of fun listening to that, and sorry I couldn't make it. And a couple of things. Nope. Number one, um, notes. Oh, I I exi- was excited to, for a week to go by and for not there to be mention of Kirsten and I's activity challenge, and was and blown was. away that art. Dove right into it, and <laughs> yep. I was like, "Oh, this will be good." You know, a little reprieve for the listeners who could give a ripping shit about Kirsten and I doing push-ups. Now, and Art <laughs> d- d- dives in journalistic <laughs> endeavor. It's right, just just like, uh, "What do you guys make of this?" And it was it, it spent just as long or not longer. I think it was longer. It felt longer, <laughs> but maybe it's because I wasn't talking about it. So I was like, I wish they'd stop talking about it. Wasn't your husband all mad? Because he's sick of hearing about it, right? Yeah, he literally said to me before we started the podcast, uh, he was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not going to have to hear about your Impulse Activity Challenge. <laughs> and when Art said it, he like exclaimed in the car. He said, fuck you, Art! <laughs> <laughs> so that's hilarious. Oh. And then Art, um, I'm Art, uh, thank you and I'm sorry so much to uh, forget because Art set me the task of revealing the gift that he gave to us the generous gift of the Harry Potter masks couple of things there I was like wow number one I hope that J.K. Rowling didn't get to wet her beak on this merchandise I hope it was a knockoff oh, and, um, but really thank you and how nice and they look great and thank you well the reason I wanted to get them out is because well I'm wearing one right now but 
because I want everybody to wear masks out in public right now. And that's why I wanted to get it out as quickly as possible. Or else I would have waited for a huge reveal with everybody. That's very passive aggressive of you, Art. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> and otherwise, I'm just sad that I didn't uh, get to chime in on all the great uh, Ninja Turtle talk last week because that was really good. And, and like you all, you know, just we're all of a similar age. And so it's like, yeah, that was my everything. The Ninja Turtles were my absolute everything. And what boggles me about the Ninja Turtles is how dumb it is. How What a stupid acid trip, what the hell are you talking about idea. Can you imagine if someone walked into an office right now to pitch an idea for, I don't care if it's a movie or comic book or whatever, and uh, they're like four words, dude. <laughs> Teenage. <laughs> mutant. Ninja. <laughs> and then the real left turn is turtles. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Right? It's like you're absolutely right. It's a concept that never should have flown, but somehow, boy, did it fly. I wonder if they workshopped other animals before, like if they if they had something else in mind and they settled on turtles. But for some Teenage reason, Teenage Mutant Ninja Squids. I but like the way that it worked just like with their weird muscly bodies and their bald heads and the shells it's like for some reason those four words should never be in the same book <laughs> together and but for in one sentence they're perfect as a property that has lasted now what is it going on 30 40 years yeah this is one of the most successful franchises of all time it doesn't make sense what's next uh embryonic uh, rockabilly Stop fighter pilots, polka dot fighter pilots. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it was probably sold as heroes in a half shell. How great is that? Uh, Total power. No, Bart, <laughs> you're digging into the nostalgia center of your brain right now. Imagine you're a stuffed collared friggin' uh, executive at some terrible corporate media company, and I and you say to me, "Heroes in a half shell," and I say, "Please leave, you insane maniac! Security is on its way." What does that mean? But, it doesn't mean anything. But they also have a whole shell. They don't have half a shell. I know a what a turtle shell. has. I always envisioned the uh, that pitch meeting to not necessarily be that they had known about turtles. That it was just they were trying to come up with an acronym for TMNT. And the, like mm. teenage, <laughs> you know, like, so we're talking about the office a lot. Remember when Michael Scott does crime aid and then he comes up with an acronym for crime aid? It's like crime aid. Crime reduces innocence, makes everyone angry. I declare. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, good recital. That was awesome. And that's what, that's how they came up with Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Art? Oh. And you're Kirsten James. We haven't oh, even done art yet. And I'm Art Aronson in a mask, so if I sound a little muffled here, that's why. You sound great. Everybody, please wear a mask. And I'm Kirsten James. And Art and Kirsten and I are all in the same room for some reason. Back. Well, the reason, I guess, really, is that Kirsten came into the office to be told today some colossal news. I am Kirsten James, and you can find me in the midday zone. Uh, that's so exciting! Wonderful, wonderful. Congratulations. Yes. yes, thank you. So, if, uh, yeah, if you're a zoner, um, I will be in mid... I'm actually covering for afternoons next week. Yep. But after that, um, I'm starting on middays, 10 to 2. 
very, very happy and very excited and very well done. Well deserved. Well done, Kirsten. Well done. If you love Kirsten on this podcast, but haven't caught her weekend show, I I will say this until I'm blue in the face. Like, no show on the radio is more suited for, like, you know, either stuck at your office or at a desk or on a construction site or wherever people work, right? Like, to get you through that horrible work day, you know, Kirsten is. Her, her show, her content, her social media presence, all that shit is like so perfectly suited to this show. And I cannot wait to have her, honestly. It's going to be so good. And you're my new morning show, bud, because guess what? I wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to like, set an alarm now. Here's you bragging McBragerson two weeks ago. Yeah. I never set an alarm. And now I've got to set an alarm. Note yeah. to the zoners who may be listening, uh, especially during Kirsten's first week. She is incredibly um, sensitive to compliments. So please do shower her with all the compliments <laughs> and embarrass the ever-loving hell out of her. That's why I'm happy I have this mask right now. I can like cover my You're face. You're hiding behind it. It's so funny. You can't see me. Exciting. Anyway. Thank you. All right, we're going to break formatics a little bit uh, and just just a couple of just a couple of top story kinds of things we found out last night. I guess Monday, as we record this, uh, Grant Imahara of Myth- MythBusters and White Rabbit had a brain aneurysm and died. He was forty nine years old. Uh, just so, just poof, no, um, you know, no, no warning, uh, can't do anything, and just just gone, just snuffed out like that. Um, Terrible, terrible news. Yeah, I remember like Mythbusters being a huge thing back in like what the early two thousands. Yeah, probably yeah. And those first two seasons, like whatever, fine. But then they brought Anne Grant and the lady. <laughs> Don't know her name. Yeah. And they were like kind of like the even geekier. Like they did the physics and they did the construction and they did and it was so much better having like those two out in the field. Um, I haven't followed anything else that really he's done since then, but um, I remember loving him and his personality is such a cool guy and. Sucks. Does anyone know what White Rabbit is? I've been seeing that in the headline that he's from that as well. What is? It's a Netflix thing. It's what you say when there's a fire and you yeah. don't want the <laughs> smoke around you, but it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it sure doesn't. It's a Netflix show. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, th- this just in. Also, when you say Bloody Mary into a mirror, a, okay. a, a, an evil Shh. nun doesn't come and murder you. <laughs> don't say it. So this, uh, white, white, the White Rabbit Project is a Netflix series. Similarly, like uh, reality type of thing? Kind of, yeah. So the, the, the team investigates topics such as jailbreaks, uh, superpower technology, heists, mm. and crazy World War II weapons. Oh, cool. Well, it's got those three. It's got those three additionals, uh, Carrie, Tori, and, and Grant. Yeah. So it's like they're, so it's basically, they're basically a, taking a Mythbusters like spinoff. Yeah. So like the science kind of behind how they, they come up with things uh, on Mythbusters, this same kind of science and, and analytics is used to... Um, to explore heists and and cool things that hap- have I guess happened with, uh, throughout history. So he just yeah. seemed like a really cool guy. Like he yeah. seemed like a genuinely nice guy that wasn't putting it on for TV or or what. Like I've never met him, but he just seemed like an awesome person and very intelligent. And mm-hmm. it's a brain aneurysm. Like that, that sucks. Yeah, this is really yeah. heartbreaking. Um, and MythBusters, man, can you imagine a time? A more innocent time when generally people were stoked on a show that uh, told the truth about things mm-hmm. and wanted to make people smarter, you know, to stop clinging to these 
ancient, stupid things, all these myths, all the things that they busted, that people would just walk around their entire lives learning that shit through, like, dumb word of mouth and, like, proto-memes, you know, spread around on the schoolyard, you know, oh, this happens if you do this or whatever, and then they never unlearned that, and that's what Mythbusters really did was... Like through intelligence and science and all these things, prove that these things were dumb and bust them. And I would think, in some small way, probably did a, a really moved the needle on the public consciousness in North America away from dumbness and towards truth and what's real. And like, what a quaint idea at this point in history, unfortunately. Well, what a for the that's for the audience that watched it originally and for. You know, that's the thing. These shows are timeless. And right. so my kid is watching them, absolutely loves them. And so she's starting off with the truth, the science, not the, you know, the old, wow. the old wives tales or whatever, which is uh, another great facet of it because that just carries on to the next generation. Yes, of course. Oh, wow. So that's how good that that generation will now have that. So yeah, uh, really hard for that family. And, um, what, what a shame. What an awful way to go. Mm-hmm. Another piece of news, just, and this is, this is, it's kind of big news, but it's also so we can quickly touch on, uh, a reviewing and recommendation. Hamilton, again, a little bit with Paul and Kirsten mm. in the room. We got some data back from Disney Plus is that it was the number one most viewed title. Um, 80% of Disney Plus users, uh, watched Hamilton. Wow. Um, according to some research recently compiled by Seven Park Data. And it accounted for 87% of the time spent on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. This has been a huge bump back for them. That curve is thanks to me because I watched it like four times. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just so I love it. How did you watch it four times? I'm kidding. It's I just told- on. I told Johnny that I was like Brian's seen it like four times. He's like, how? Well, because like, so I I watched it. I actively sat and watched it the first time. Uh, the second time I had it on, kind of just in the background, um, and you know would would be like cooking or doing something, and then it would just be on, just kind of as music. And then every now and then I'd stop and watch. And then I realized also that oh, I can ask my Google speaker to play it on the Hamilton soundtrack on Spotify. So I've been doing that as well. Mm. And then a few more times, I think like I wanted to, cause my mom doesn't have Disney plus. So I was like, Oh, let's watch Hamilton. Nice. And so we watched it. You did watch it with yeah, your mom. So just like the intro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the <laughs> other time I just kind of watched it in pieces with, uh, with uh, my son, Aiden. So like I kind of take a break and we'll watch 15 minutes of Hamilton or a couple songs of Hamilton and then Mm -hmm. take another break and then watch a little bit more. Really? You watched it with Aiden, hey? Oh, he loves musical theater. Right. Nice. Like, okay. Fair all enough. About musical theater. Yeah. So I just I I'm I've been a little hesitant to put Katara in front of it. I'm just like there's some, there's some messaging in here that uh, he's more into like I've had to the first viewing with him I've had to kind of explain what's going on. Sure. But he's just more into like choreography, singing, all that stuff that's happening on stage. Cool. Um, there was a I forget what it was there was a there was a show on Netflix. Uh, that outlined um, uh, the making of a – now I'm forgetting what musical it was, but it was like from casting to the actual production, mm. and it involved kids. Um, oh, wasn't it? Hmm. Wasn't it High School Musical? The High School Musical? The making of High School Musical? <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that it? Because no, it was Plus. called High School Musical, the musical, the series. 
most ridiculous the the making of high school musical the musical (laughs) no 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 it wasn't that it was an actual play i forget uh now i don't think i'll be able to find it like i don't even know what to google i've been doing Uh, some searching i can't find anything stage play kids (laughs) i don't yeah i don't remember we'll get back to brian in a moment uh, no, no, sorry. No, I can't find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, he's fine. he's all into that. So, like, uh, I was very excited when I first saw the trailer and uh, and the announcement that Hamilton was coming to Disney Plus just to show him. And then little did I know that I was going to fall in love with it more. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. That's sweet. I knew I'd love it. I've been a musical fan for a while. Yeah. And, like, this feels like... This feels like rent to me. This is big mm. enough that because I mean I was around with in a, in a different group of friends, you know, when the whole rent thing happened, and it would just it just took over everything. And Hamilton kind of feels like that again, and it's kind of it's really neat to have that unity. I mean, especially now with everybody sort of scattered to the winds. Yeah. Well, before we get into like reviewing it, just to 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 uh, okay, number one, I would just for anyone who's this is their first pod, maybe um, uh, Aiden and Katara are Brian and Bud's children and not their school aged war. Which, ah, yes. it could be confusing. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Um, Thank okay, you for number, that and then to touch more on this actual headline that you read to us, but I mean, that's depressing for Disney Plus. Yeah, they should not be hanging their hat on this news by any stretch. This means that you've done nothing for us since you launched, and then we were like, yeah. oh yeah, Sword in the Stone, and then didn't watch it, and then <laughs> The Mandalorian, and then now we've been it's been sitting silent as we've you know drifted back to Netflix and what have you. So get going. But I think you can't really blame Disney because the, you know the pandemic happened. Yeah, we were talking about this a year ago with the Falcon and Winter Soldier, though. Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was supposed to be released this summer, what? right now. Now we were supposed to have. Is that true, Brian? The, yeah, um, August, I think. Yeah. See, we should have now. But and it's uh, July, so uh, presumably the Black Widow movie, that, which would have been released May. in May, right. should at least be hitting Disney Plus. About oh, you now, know what? Too. We also would have had like Eternals, I think. Right. Really. Yeah. So there's all oh, this, like, goodness. I mean, I know it's, like, we can shit on Disney for p- please put content on here. But they, literally all of the content is there that they have that they can put on there. And it's just kind of COVID has fucked it. But, and then the okay. other thing about Hamilton, too. So mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda, they filmed this, what, back in 2016. It's the original cast. He's been shopping around for someone to buy the performance for years. Oh. Finally, Disney bought it. And it was actually supposed to be released in theaters next October, October oh, 2021. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be a huge theatrical release. But then I don't know if it was Disney or Lin-Manuel Miranda or what happened, but they were like, dude, let's just put this on Disney Plus. And he was like, yeah, sure. You know, for the people, everyone's stuck at home. It'll be nice for them to be able to watch this. Let's do it. Let's not do the theatrical release. Let's put it on Disney Plus. I'm so, certainly glad it came out this way. Yeah, uh, like, I'm, brilliant I'm so glad that it wasn't on Because I don't know if I would have gone and seen it in theaters. Maybe with the intermission. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. The show itself, the ticket prices were so notoriously high. Right. I read a figure where only 2.6 million people of the entire world had actually seen a stage production because the, the, wow. the showings were limited and, mm-hmm. the, uh, and, the, and the ticket prices so high that it was very restrictive for people to actually see it. So the soundtrack came out in 2015 and they shot the movie version in 2016 over three shows and Disney supposedly paid 75 million United States dollars for wow. this. Um, and also they ended their trial before this happened. Ooh. So people had to buy 
um, to watch <laughs> Hamilton. Sneaky. And they saw a 64% increase in downloads compared wow. to the last week. Wow. Uh, before you uh, continue your review and recommendation, I just want to get back to, uh, I found the title. It's called Jedi Junior High, about uh, students in Anaheim, California, um, making a parody musical version of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. That sounds like everything I like. Wow. Yeah, Why have it, I never heard of that this? That sounds amazing. And it, so it was like a um, kind goodness. of like a reality sort of documentary about it. And then uh, the, you learn about like the, this, the kids that were in the cast. One of the kids that was in the cast uh, is the child of one of the members of, of The Offspring. Uh, the oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it, anyway, it's, it's Brian, cool. It's called Jedi yeah. Junior High. How did you miss the opportunity to just say it's an offspring of the offspring? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> Missed it. Oh, man. Oh, get this girl a weekday radio show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Paul and Kirsten, what did you guys think of Hamilton? Man, um, uh, Finally, the hype. I get the hype because, yeah. you know, from paying attention to anything, I had never, I'd never seen Hamilton. I haven't listened to any of the soundtrack, as I think I've said before. But anytime you hear about Lin Manuel Miranda, and he's everywhere, and I think my real introduction to him was Moana, and the soundtrack of Moana is unbelievable. One of the best Disney's ever put out, thanks to him. And so then, and then you start hearing about, like, yeah, the, the legendarily difficult to acquire. Uh, tickets to the show and like it did come to Toronto actually I think or was supposed to because I know that like I would talk to my friends like we're all booking baseball tickets and stuff I'm like guys we should go and see Hamilton um, yeah. right if we can and if it's affordable so finally to be able to get get it I get it I get it I get the hype I get why this is the best most exciting most interesting most sought after musical since ever I get it now finally that I've been able to see it mm. Yeah, I like it was weird for me because I, I same thing like hadn't read anything about it, didn't know any of the songs, anything like that. So seeing it um, and being a musical theater nerd, um, I really enjoyed it, and I love um, the hip hop. I love the a lot of the things that I really liked about it were like the stage and set design because of course this musical started really small. It started, it didn't start on Broadway, but then it blew up. And so you can see that in the stage design and how they're doing their set changes because they've obviously started it on a really small budget. Um, what was, what was weird to me though, watching it was like, I was like, who is that? What is happening? What is going on? I don't know. I'm really glad that the uh, first song was literally just being like, this is Alexander Hamilton. And this is how <laughs> you spell his name. Remember, yep. Alexander Hamilton. I'm like, okay, okay, at least I know who that is. Because apparently, I don't know anything about American history. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit last week and how ignorant I, well, I am anyways about mm. all of this stuff and how much I learned from this show. I watched it with my mom. My fucking mom man <laughs> she kept on going on wikipedia to like look up who people were and Me what too. they did yeah same but then she kept on like saying it out loud she was like oh yeah and then they have a kid and then and then oh one of the kids dies no. and i was like stop spoilers reading this fucking history but do you know i think the wikipedia age probably did a good thing to hamilton in that very few artistic licenses really were taken with the story because if you were like, what? What did that really happen? Mm -hmm. You can just look it up right now on Wikipedia in 10 seconds. And so it's, as far as I can see, it's like 
incredibly historically accurate, and that's a great thing they about it. They left like a lot of stuff out. But the, the, of other, the other really interesting thing about this musical is that I feel like the, the subject matter... Uh, at least coming from a Canadian, is kind of dry. Like, mm, I guess it's a yeah. cool story of, like, Amer- the signing of the American Constitution and, the, like, how that happened. Well, it covers but- a lot of firsts, which is why it's important. But you're right, unto itself. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, like, pitching that? Like, I guess it, there's that, like, famous story about Lin-Manuel Miranda being at the White House and saying that his dream was to write this musical mm. and someone being like, that's never going to work. But, like, <laughs> p- pairing it... With the hip hop and um, mm. the, the the music that he wrote for it was a hundred percent what needed to be done. It yeah. was so fresh and so exciting. And like I think Bud mentioned, like the the casting is all black and Latina, and there's like one white dude, which we didn't talk about who the white dude is. Yeah, is Art back? Yeah. Oh, thank God, because I was like, uh, he. Art, did you did you watch it? Did you watch Hamilton? Yeah. No, I didn't watch it, so that's why I'm oh. being very quiet. <laughs> that, and that's why that's why I was like, because last week it seemed like you didn't watch it, and then I I meant to like I made a mental note to myself to talk about one of the cast members in there, and then completely forgot about it. Um, but uh, King George the Third is played by Jonathan Groff. Do you know where where Jonathan Groff is from? Oh yeah, yeah, he's from uh, Mine Hunter. Yeah. Mine Hunter. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's and also Christoph and Frozen. Yeah, right. And he's yeah. one of my favorites. He's so good. Yeah, he is good. Yeah, okay. That yeah, that's where he's famous. And I remember reading that on IMDB now. So yeah. Yeah, you should like his performance is so good. I know it's weird to like like the song that's not the hip hop song, but like Oh no, he did so well. His performance and his delivery is just so fucking funny. Yes. And it's just like the beats in that that play and how they put him in and it's like a send up. It, it's it's so good. Like but I really Kirsten, enjoyed it. Tell me how your husband reacted. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh right, oh right. So he walks out. Here's King George the whatever third walks on stage, and then Johnny's like, he starts singing, and he's just got this way about him. Right, he's kind of like flamboyant, and then Johnny turns to me. He's like, "What the fuck? Why does everyone hate the British so much?" <laughs> That's so funny because I didn't find him to be so much of a villain. I thought it was a pretty even depiction of like, yeah, hilarious. Well, they take the, the piss king out of is him. this way. Yeah. They, they take the piss, take a piss. Out of him. He's the only white or one of the only white cast members is interesting. It's like, like a very deliberate choice. It feels like at the beginning, like his first song, he's like, "You're going to come back to me" or yeah. whatever. Like it's very conniving. And oh very, yeah. Like, oh, you'll be back. Yeah, that's, that's it. You'll be back. Right? Well, Jonathan Groff's face has such a great meld of insanity and yeah. like a childhood childhood pout, yes. and he plays it so so well. Yeah. And of course, there's articles on about on about like he spits a lot. Like there's a yeah. lot of spittle coming out of his mouth as he does this. Hard and to watch. A, a that's a combination of probably a realistic portrayal of the craziness that was King George III, and also this it is a Jonathan Groff thing. And yeah, I, I had to be like, okay, he's projecting, this is live theater, I get it, belting it out to the back there as part of the characterization, part of the performance. The close-ups are intense. Oh, God, I think I had just finished ice cream or was eating ice cream. I was like, I, I can't oh. do this, dude. But I agree, <laughs> he was he was one of my absolute favorite parts of the whole thing. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to the actor uh, David Diggs, who oh played God. Lafayette in the first half, and then oh Thomas Jefferson. Every time he did anything, I was like, he's my favorite. Yep. Unreal. Yeah, yeah he Unreal stood performer. out to me so much. 
Um, and I actually had this conversation with Brian this weekend. I was a little bit confused why he was playing the same, like, he it, they recast the right. same person um, as... Like, why wasn't he... Because he didn't die in the first half, did he? He just, like, went he goes back no, to France. No, he, he just goes back, back to France. France. And then, like, yeah. for him... He just went back to France. And that is and that is where Thomas Jefferson came from. Yeah, so for him to show up as Thomas Jefferson, I was like, what is happening here? And then the other weird one was um, the Hamilton's friend that dies. John Lawrence, yeah. John Lawrence. Uh, in the second half, it's the same actor that's his son. And I was like, oh, are they right. like inferring that his wife was having an affair? Oh. And that's because well, it looks like that guy. Right. But then, of well, course, did that- you realize that um, uh, Hercules Mulligan and um, James, James Madison, Madison are also the same actor? Like there's a whole bunch of the dual roles happening. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't realize that one. Oh, yeah. man, and, that's and that also- when he comes out and he's, he's the snitch or whatever. He's the like double agent. I was like, whoa. That was a great <laughs> moment. Oh, so that was like bombastic like, and about, like, It was so good. Um, th- but the, the thing about that movie, though, um, or the play, Paul, going back to your, your point about it, Debbie Diggs, I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda was the least talented performer. Whoa. Like, I didn't, his, his, his singing, his, like, dancing, his, I don't know, it's just like, I know he wrote all of the music and everything and like that takes a, a shit ton of talent but he was really stood up by like George Washington yeah. the David Diggs like everyone else I thought was better yeah but I, I think agree. He, like a good a good leader will surround themselves with yeah. great yeah. people who are equally or you know more talented than themselves I think he wrote this without like having him do all the parts it's like he knew that he mm, needed yeah. okay. really good performers and singers like uh, like Christopher Jackson who played George Washington oh, man that like he made me tear up the first time I saw his yes. like last song Yes, um, and it like it's amazing. He's got an amazing voice and amazing vocal range. The one thing I'll say about Lin Manuel Miranda is that the acting uh, of his is next level. Like there's that uh, that mm. scene with him and George Washington where he keeps saying, "Don't call me son," and then he bursts out and it's like, "Call me son call one, me more son time. one more time." Oh, yeah. And you yeah. can see it. It's like, man, this guy is a fucking actor. Like he's really good. Like he, and he can uh, damn near tear up on on like on a blink. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the rest of the cast, like, yeah, I agree with Kristen. He's maybe like, he maybe he's the weakest performer, and you just, you know, it's his thing. He wrote it, produced the whole thing himself. So he's like, I'm gonna be the the title character and be in this whole thing. But but then like, it takes an extreme level of talent to pull off any of the other characters. And that was one of the major things that I I think is because it was a new play that hasn't been around for a hundred years because I think that when we watch let's say like a stage production of like The Sound of Music we kind of think like subliminally in our heads we're like yeah I could do that I know all the words I know the fucking lonely goat herder and I, I, could, I could absolutely do that <laughs> but to, to to perform something so professionally that number one is like relatively new and hasn't been living in the back of your subconscious f- conscious for the whole of your life that is huge. And then, of course, the caliber of like having, uh, the performance, the choreography, the, uh, the rap, which is so spitfire, like to have that all ready to go and perform it without a fucking blemish or flaw. Like that's incredible. That is in- mm-hmm. takes an insane amount of talent, hard work, everything. Like I hope they're all rolling around in money because they'd absolutely every single from the ensemble to everybody. I hope they're 
so rich off of this thing. It's so good. The way, like, it was interesting because Paul texted me while he was watching it. And he was like, I'm pulling a you and I'm watching it with closed captioning. Yes. yes. But yeah. I, I almost didn't need to do it because the performers were so good and their enunciation of every single word and vowel and, like, you, you, like when you're rapping a song and then to be able to actually understand every word yeah. for, for somebody like me too who constantly watches closed captioning like so much talent anyway yeah recommendation well from a sound mixing perspective musicals are sort of the rare exception compared to you know how how contemporary music and songs for radio and whatnot are mixed is always the vocals are mm. the highest and the clearest because the idea is you shouldn't really need captions i didn't watch with captions on my first view but i did on my second and just because there yeah. was so much going on and there's a lot of layers there's a lot of people singing and talking at the same time and it was nice to fill in those blanks as and well and then you also have a lot of ranges too in terms of like delivery of like rap styles and stuff like Leslie Odom Jr uh, who played Aaron Burr um he's got this rap style and this amazing mm. Oh. vocal performance like this is he's got an amazing singing voice but then his rap style can change from like uh a very like set, sort of early 90s kind of hip-hop rapper to a like sort of anderson pack style where he gets kind of in that like high range very intense yeah he's got good control over his vocal crack yeah so but to be able to do that yeah. and to also be able to follow his um his singing or his songs without any sort of closed captions like that's crazy, like, the the amount of talent it takes for that. Leslie Odom Jr. was kind of my standout. Like, I was expecting Lin-Manuel Miranda to be amazing. I think if I hadn't heard of David Diggs before, he would have been the guy where I was like, oh, my goodness, he's incredible. But I've, I saw him in a movie, um, oh, shoot, what's it called? Um, Blind Spotting, um, which is sort of a, it, it's a movie but there's a lot of rapping in it and he does some amazing delivery of like, and they're done as dialogue. It's like rap done as dialogue. It's just sort of the world accepts this. Um, and he was phenomenal in that. So when I, when I saw that he was in there, I'm like, Oh, I know what to expect from him. And it was just as good or better. So, um, Leslie Odom Jr. Who plays Aaron Burr and Christopher Jackson, who plays George Washington were like the real kind of get me in my heart kind of performances. Art, what did you want to say? I was just going to say, I guess I'll watch it then. (laughs) (laughs) Great, then we're going to have to talk about it for a third week in a row. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's move on. We've spent a long time on opening stories. We haven't even gotten to the Weekly Geek Out. Uh, This week I talked about uh, Hipster Bait, which is uh, an an app. Just think Pokemon Go for, for independent music. And you go around the, the city, like I went all, all weekend, I went around looking for virtual digital cassettes that were hidden in various places around Victoria. And you, you get close with the, you know, with the phone and then you, you, you use your, uh, your camera and you tap on the cassette and you get to hear an unreleased song by an independent artist. And you get that cassette and you put it in your virtual cassette box. But you've only got five slots in the box. So the next thing you have to do is start emptying them out by hiding them in different places. So it's very much gamification to hear cool indie music. A lot of it's, you know, you know, young sort of punk sounding stuff and <clears throat> screamo-y type of things. But there, yeah, there's, there was some variety in the stuff that I found too. And, and yeah, a pretty fun little adventure and a weird local twist to it, which I encourage you to listen to Bud's Weekly Geek Out to find out about. Okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
Star Trek Lower Decks. We got a full trailer for this, and oh right, I was doing up the cue sheet last night when the power went out, uh, so half of my research that I normally do while I'm doing up the cue sheet, I couldn't access the internet, so now I have to look up and tell you that it'll be another CBS All Access thing uh, premiering August 6th. 2020. This is a, a comedy animated Star Trek series, and so far from what I've seen, I'm here for it. So, like, there's a couple things, and Paul, I'm going to be very interested for your rebuttal on who was it that that posted on the Geek Out Pod group? You can figure this out while I'm um, talking here. But um, so Dan Ball, who used to work at this radio station, hi Dan, um, is a huge Star Trek fan, oh, like man. the biggest Star Trek fan I know. Yep. Um, and I ran into him on the weekend. And he said to me, he was like, holy shit, I am so excited for <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks. This is like, he used some other words, like you can imagine in how Dan Ball talks. <laughs> yes. Some um, other nerdy, geeky Star Trek words. <laughs> Did he work in if a frog bumped its ass or something like that? He always says that. Do you guys know that one? Know. If a Probably. frog bumped its ass? I, I, I have like that. some weird filter that like, I, I, the things that he says go in my brain and I translate them to normal English. So yeah. probably. There are a lot of Dan Ballisms. A lot of them. He Probably said that, but anyway, he told me, and I, and unfortunately, I have not been able to confirm this yet. But I feel like Dan Ball, being a big Star Trek nerd, would know. He said that this show is going to be canon. Yeah. He said the writers of it are like huge uh, previous writers of other Star Treks, like Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, and because of that, they have they will be accepting this show into canon. See, that's which fascinating. is nuts for a comedy cartoon. Yeah. But that means you can yeah. take it a bit more seriously than just a throwaway thing. They're not going to be silly with Monsters of the Week or whatnot. Wouldn't you think, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the canon thing is, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Don't do something unless it's going to be part of the larger story. Don't do something in that in that universe. It's easy to make a the Orwell or Orville, sorry, or whatever that's essentially Star Trek but doesn't have to fit into that canon so but I think it's also easy to dismiss something like a cartoon as yeah. just a silly thing that doesn't necessarily belong in the universe yeah so it was Matthew on our geek out pod group page if you want to join it who um, is not excited for it he said that uh, Star Trek is in a very bad place right now and I'm sad and kind of agreed with you Paul saying like uh the tone doesn't feel great. Picard and Discovery, their tones were off. Mm. Um, they, they keep going for this edgy stuff, and I hate it. And as maybe the biggest Star Trek fan here, what do you think about that? Um, so that's funny. That's my friend. Um, <laughs> he's an old friend of mine from like high school days. And uh, he and I are very politically a divergent, so we f have been fighting a little bit because... Um, yeah, just with the Black Lives Matter stuff, I had to kind of maybe correct him on some things. Anyways, <laughs> and so it got pretty heated between us. So way to bring recently. this up, Kirsten. Jeez. Uh, no, but but what we but I, I he's my friend still, and I really love him a lot. And you know, we just have different viewpoints. Um, but we I did bring him back around, uh, and we could agree on Star Trek right now. And I kind of, I mean, I fully agree with him that Discovery and Picard do not have the right tone in our really frustrating to watch as a Star Trek fan. Um, he makes a great point, actually, that even with all their action schlock, that the J.J. movies are way closer in tone. I've talked about this a lot of times to what Star Trek really is about. Um, and, yeah, these these new things are just, like, they're very 
I don't know, trendy to right now in the worst possible way. And in the wave, when I saw from that trailer, um, the lower decks is Rick and Morty, but in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so I can't say that I dislike that or that's a bad tone for Star Trek, but it's just different. And hopefully, I mean, okay, because it's set in the next generation, which is like, in that era, which is so important to fans. And, you know, and the next generation, if you go back and watch, is like the pinnacle of Gene Roddenberry's vision for the egalitarian future. I have a hope that a lot of those messages, and again, the messages of uh, exploration and everything, is where this cartoon is based. And yes, it's going to have like, you know, blorp, blorp, blorp humor from... <laughs> from Rick and Morty and those types of things but as long as it gets the tone of like what Star Trek is about right kind of as a underlying basis um, I, I have high hopes too I, I hope it's good I hope I enjoy it it's an interesting thing to 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 explore is the lower decks and the ensigns who are trying to work their way up in Star Trek they've done a little bit about that in Discovery but like I don't really care about that characters Story not so much, so it's a good place to to, to uh, explore it. Is in a cartoon. I I don't know. I'm very mixed feelings. Mm. I'm optimistic though. I want it to be good. Awesome. Um, we had a new trailer for oh boy, Transformers colon War for Cybertron trilogy colon Siege, which is the first of the uh, three. Colons? <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not my favorite titling, certainly. This will be a, a Netflix. Semicolon? <laughs> no, definitely two colons and in, in, yeah, yeah. Toss a dash in there. Yeah. Oh, I know, oh, I know. No, it kills me. It's 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 rough titling. Um, yeah. Didn't so this will be a... off for like half a pod about how we hate long titles. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Oh, Here's no. the thing with oh, Transformers, no. and I don't. It's interesting to come from Star Trek to Transformers because I don't want this to happen to Star Trek. Is there is too much Transformers shit? We'll agree. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, right? Wouldn't you put Transformers in like the same category as uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for some people? Yes, right? absolutely. Transformers was a little bit before my time, but same kind of thing. You know, something to sell toys for my generation of kids but like there has been so much but you i think can speak more on this than i can but like there have been too many things right you just called far too many just called you old far too many things here's the thing i'm a core g1 transformers fan like i was there from the very beginning it is like part of my my robotic makeup transformers i absolutely love from the beginning however yes Far too many series, like we had, you know, G1 or Generation 1 um, with Optimus Prime and Megatron and whatnot. That led into the movie. There were a couple more seasons, and then kaboom! We had um, Beast Wars and, uh, like, oh man, tons and tons of reboots and re-imaginings um, in different parts of the universes. Then it got to the movies. TLDR, far too much in Transformers. So for a, a, a day one fan like me, I am interested in this one because it has 
the Generation 1 characters. We're dealing again with Optimus Prime, right. who is not a lion, you know, and uh, you know, and, and Megatron, and it's happening <laughs> on their planet. It's happening in the final days before the planet goes kaplooey, and that's their home planet of Cybertron. So, uh, I'm interested in this one. Wasn't Optimus Prime actually a gorilla in Beast Wars? Sorry, yes, thank you. That's right. Like I say, not my favorite thing, so I didn't pay too much attention. <laughs> that's my jam. I fucking love Beast Wars. Beast Wars! That's <laughs> <laughs> the best show. <laughs> I didn't like I didn't Beast Wars at all. Optimus Primal, I seem to remember, was a thing. Yes, yeah, yes, not. Optimus oh, God. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Was, he, was the gorilla one voiced by Peter Cullen still? Probably not, but... Probably like, not. No, no, it was done by a guy named Gary Chalk. Okay. So, yeah, too much shit, and this is what always happens, To It's just rebooting. It's like you try and milk the cow to death, and then you understand once the cow is dead, you're then like, uh... <laughs> Oh right, people. What actually people really like is that Gen One thing. But we got bored of telling that story, or got ran out of ideas back then. So we need to progress it. So now we just reboot it. We go back. We just get Captain Kirk again. It's just different, and we just get Optimus Prime versus Megatron. Tell put in a different place. But 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 you know, it's just what happens when you keep going back to the same well over and over again. When you guys talked about Ninja Turtles last week, sorry, it's the same thing. It's like when you were asking Bud, oh hey Art, have you seen this iteration of the Turtles and this Nickelodeon show and this and this. And, and my answer to all of that stuff in my kitchen as I was listening was like, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay, because I'm an adult man. By the way. And I seen the 90s one when I was a child. And even if you presented that to me now again, I'd be like, no, I'm not watching this. By the way, when we were listening to the podcast, Johnny and I, and Art said that his favorite turtle was Leonardo. Johnny was like, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny was like, of course, Art's favorite turtle is Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> You like leaders. You like leaders like Captain America and Leonardo. Oh you like like the leader dude. Totally. If Leonardo could write a strongly worded email, he'd be doing it right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Bless. Okay, first off, I like Okay, can I can I actually clear something up? Because it came up when we were out <sighs> camping last weekend. And Paul was there as well. Mm. Captain America. Oh God! I don't. Oh, I don't like Captain America because of the way he looks. Can we like? Can we put that to bed? Huh? What? You don't know that? Yeah, but I don't think that you like him because you think he's real cutie pie or something. I mean, he's a good-looking dude, but uh, Captain America. I, I like Captain America for what he stands for, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's just put that to bed. That you know, I somehow like Captain America. For his looks, not his. But that would be okay if you did. Well, of course it would, and I just said he's a good-looking dude. But yeah, and would it be okay if we went back and replayed some snippets of you just lushing over his beard? His beard is pretty great. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, but, uh, but Leonardo, I liked him because he had two swords. That was cool, right? You like that, Paul? Two swords. I'm more of a Raphael guy, obviously. Raphael's the best. Duh. Yeah. Really? Kirsten and I are both yeah. hardcore Raphaels. See, here's the thing. Again, I was I was a Donatello guy because he used the weapon that I used, but you cannot deny dual wielding yes. swords. Yeah. That's, that's except for nunchucks are rad as yeah, well. Look nunchucks. at they're all good. They're all good. Nunchaku first. Can we okay, you know what? Let's please just they said nunchucks. Breaks for a second. Yeah, go on. No, there's no such thing as a nunchuck. 
Nunchaku. Can we just, can we please, this, I'm pretty sure Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made this word up mm -hmm. and it just became part of the lexicon. It is not an English word. It is not, it is not faithful to the Japanese heritage of where this weapon came from. Just Nunchaku. Just stop with the nunchucks. Well, while we're at it, then they're not swords either. They're katanas. Thank you. Thank you. I used to call them numchucks. Oh my god, you're one of <laughs> yeah. those. Uh... And then after like after Will Ferrell appeared in like Wedding Crasher, where he's like, "I almost chucked you." That's what I always say now. Oh my god. <laughs> so go ahead and write a strongly worded email to uh, whoever the producer was of the '90s cartoons, because yeah, sorry, you frigged up that word for an entire generation of kids. It's that's exactly what happened. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a strongly worded email, okay? <laughs> They're Thanks, preferred. Leo. They're preferred. Oh, my God, and I got the hots for April O'Neil, and how funny that that's my current girlfriend's similar name. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. And, yeah. And oh, my goodness. I never even thought about that. And similar look, too. Kind Ooh. of a similar look. Do you dress her in yellow wanna... sometimes? Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave. Hachi, <laughs> Quick, somewhat unrelated question. Do you... Do you always call her your current girlfriend? Oh, Jesus, right? Yeah, I make sure to make that <laughs> distinction, all right? Listen, I lived a lot of lives, and I learned a lot of things. Okay, Brian, listen, happily married several years. <laughs> to my, also, to my current wife, I think we, for now. <laughs> on April O'Neil, I think we should also pose the question on who's the worst reporter, April O'Neil oh. or Lois Lane, because they're both horrible. Are they reporters? Yeah, Why? at their actual job of reporting. Yeah, at their at their actual jobs, they're not good. Arts, if you started being either best friends with or getting banged by the lead story that you were the most famous for, you'd have uh, very mixed feelings as well. Okay, so don't wave your journalistic integrity at me, young man. Okay. Oh, you're talking about Lois Lane now, Superman. I was like. Was there a uh, episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that I was unfamiliar with? Oh, dear. No. Yeah, are okay. you suggesting that April O'Neil got banged by the turtles? No! <laughs> Superman! Okay. okay. I totally missed that. Oh, cool. Are, like, look it. I hope you never are put in that position, but it's a real conflict of interest, and it would be a real moral struggle, and I hope you would have that understanding for your fellow journalists, Okay. She's an award-winning journalist. For what? Which because one? she knows Superman? Both of them. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it. And what about that Peter Parker? <laughs> <laughs> He's a photographer. Okay? He's not a journalist. Whoa. He's a photographer. Oh, photographers. Hey, we so tell right? stories, too. Write okay, strongly we, worded emails. No, we got to move <laughs> on to this. There are going to be so many strongly worded letters. Hey, that's, that was not a slight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that was not a slight at all. There's a difference, though, right? Amazon's The Boys Season 2. Have we all seen the trailer? Yes. No. Do we have any interest? I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on. But that's about it. Because it's like, what? I haven't seen the first season yet. I thought you were, like, the one that was all hot and horny. No, no he, Caleb. Well, oh. are you, have, have you not seen the first season, Art? Or did you just uh, not go past, like, the first couple episodes? Uh, I've seen the first episode. I liked it. For whatever reason, I haven't gone back. Yeah, it's to funny because it. like I remember starting to watch it after you recommended it after seeing the first episode. I was like, "Oh man, I'm behind. I better catch up on this." And mm -hmm. uh, I liked I liked it. Um, kind of, I guess uh, I guess a bit of a different take on the superhero thing. And then the teaser that came out, like the teaser footage. I don't think it was the actual trailer 
that I saw. Well, I saw a little bit of the trailer, but like the teaser footage that came out was them introducing a new superhero, and this superhero is like that's joining the the six or the seven. Um, is like very social media, so she's always like live on Instagram mm. or whatever, and like very transparent. And obviously, they would hate that because there's some hinkiness going on behind that corporation of superheroes. Um, but right. yeah, it's I, it's interesting, and it's but it's very like also no holds barred. Like there are some footage that you see in the uh, trailer and some of the teaser footage for the next you know season. Like you have to kind of get mentally pre- prepped to watch this superhero movie because. They can do some pretty fucked up that things. intensity, uh, yeah, and just yeah, like some yeah. gore and all and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, it's Man. not for kids no, at all. Not, really. No, no. no. Well, I wonder though too if there's going to be a little message of the dangers of social media in there as well. That kind of strikes me as the uh, tone and messaging of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. So, could be. yeah. That would never be a bad thing, as far as I'm concerned. No, so I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. I don't know. It had its moments for sure, but I wonder if, if there had been anything else going on, or I don't know. It was like it felt like it came out in the summertime. Maybe I would like was allergic to the sun for a week and a half or down with COVID or something. I don't know why I like sat through that entire series. I didn't love it. Well, because like I think that, and you made a good point about this before, is that like for a show called The Boys, um, I think the least interesting part of that that series was the boys yeah you know like was was what it was about like carl urban and his crew um i always found like the most interesting parts of that was this sort of marketing corporation that is kind of like if if the avengers had this marketing department and everything was all about how their image was in the public eye um that's what made this whole thing interesting is like that sort of political um, level of superhero, superhero dumb. Yeah, <laughs> of like this, yeah, superhero fanfare that you don't you don't really get to see in other things, and this is like a very kind of raw version of that. Totally. Oh, it's very interesting. The entire point of this show is like taking um, late stage capitalism's most profitable commodity right now, mm-hmm. superhero culture, and yeah. using it to tell a morality tale condemning late-stage capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, fascinating. It's very interesting in what they're doing in that way. So, you know what? I just talked myself into it again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Now, follow me back to, uh, what was it? October 10th, 2018 was our first uh, our first recording of the of this podcast and then that Christmas we had this amazing push from Netflix to watch this this Sandra Bullock movie called Bird Box well now we learn that they're going to be and you know and that's where the whole solid six meme started if we have a meme it's definitely going to be our solid six (laughs) so yeah we have a sequel in the works coming well later this gives me more confidence in Netflix actually because hmm. I said to them that I thought it was absolutely <laughs> in a strongly worded <laughs> in a strongly worded email <laughs> that I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that Bird Box was like number one on their streaming. I was like, nobody is watching this. Yeah. And they said it was their number one streaming thing. So they wouldn't they wouldn't invest in another bird box unless it makes whatever nothing mm. to make maybe it does only make nothing cost nothing to make uh if the first one wasn't successful in their streaming numbers so maybe they are telling me the truth there at netflix maybe 
I think Art has had the most hashtagable things said on this podcast because yeah, now we've why. got hashtag strongly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the new t shirt. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, it's weird because they, they, there was a lot of hype around Bird Box when it first started. It feels like Netflix was the one creating the hype. Like, I, I would be willing to put money that Netflix was the ones behind that whole Bird Box challenge or whatever. Right. And then totally, there was some sort of weird shady background yeah. deal with that movie's yeah. promotion. But I, I would think that a, a show that has had as much, uh, as much hype as it did have and you know it got i guess middle of the road reviews pretty much solid six down the board if i if Mm. unless it it's like it's updated on uh rotten tomatoes but uh you would think that now that a sequel is coming out um their thing their meant their kind of frame of mind is that like well i think viewership for this is going to be a little bit they're riding a wave basically and thinking that viewership is going to be a bit higher for this so right. uh, i like and they're they were they're trying to do it seems like they're trying to do similar things to like some of the other netflix original movies like that chris hemsworth one and then there's like this mm-hmm. old guard one that i wanted to talk about later um that it's it's like they're trying to create franchises here right yeah so. Well, the movie was based off a book by a guy named Josh Mallerman, and, and he, he has a new book coming out called Mallory, which is the name of the character, and that will come out on, the book will come out on July 21st, mm. and then they will be working on the series, which will take place, it'll start at that school for the blind, uh, but then jump, uh, jump a few years ahead, and that's really all we know about it. Will it be a sequel series or a sequel movie, you think? Se- uh, movie, 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 movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think it's a gamble that is not going to pay off for Netflix because I think that, you know, as we've talked about, they built the hype for this. They released it at the perfect time, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's where there's nothing else going on and everyone's stuck in their house with their families looking for something to watch, you know, similar, I guess, to how we are with COVID now. But, and, and people watched it because it was what everyone was talking about and to watch. But no one loved that movie, not certainly enough to emotionally invest to the point where they would like a sequel. I mean, we're all going to watch it because it's become a running joke meme for us. But, like, (laughs) can any of the five of us say that we're stoked for the Bird Box sequel? No. That movie (laughs) – I'm sorry. Like, Solid Six? I guess. In hindsight now, I'm like, that movie sucked. I don't care about that movie at all. You know what I'm thinking? Does John Malkovich have some weird backyard shady deal with Netflix? Oh. Because he randomly showed up in that movie. Yeah. And then he randomly mm-hmm. showed up in Space Force without us knowing that he was going to be in right, that. That's right, too. Does he Does mm. he have a deal that we don't know about? I don't know. Because I was just thinking, what was my favorite part of Bird Box? And I was like, oh, when John Malkovich showed up. And yeah. How cool was that? Um, yeah, what the fuck is he? He's got, anyway. Let's publish the Malkovich papers. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, I mean, just like people will watch a movie because it's the hype thing, but they're not going to go back for a sequel because of the hype that a movie that didn't live up to its own hype. So maybe we'll get to see the monster this time. <laughs> uh, Kirsten, I would love your thoughts and Paul, yours as well on a Star Wars, the Bad Batch. Why are we doing this? I don't know. 
why I'm Paul and I might agree on something. I don't know. <laughs> no, we disagree, but in the opposite directions. Okay. Yes, I think. We disagree, but in the opposite directions? What does that even mean? Yeah. I, I weirdly know exactly what that uh, means. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> well, somebody please explain it to me, because I'm lost. Oh, I know what you mean now, too. Yeah. Okay, but yes, please explain. Anyway, I might disagree in the opposite direction is why I don't, this need, why happens. Uh, and and Art, you can't feel the same way too, right? Like you don't give a shit about a bad batch, do you? So when I was watching this Clone Wars, the um, the, the latest season, I was watching with another friend who oh, contributor to the podcast, Caleb Kirby, huh? and we're and I'm telling him how great this new season is, and he's on board with it because he likes Clone Wars. But we're watching the Bad Batch arc, and he's going, "What are we watching? Yeah. Like really? this is like he's like I'm like yeah the the final arc is like." Uh, in like three episodes or four episodes, right? And it's fantastic. He's like, well, let's just skip to that. And we did. Wow. And we skipped right to it and he loved it. So that's how I also feel about the Bad Batch. I, I, I Like, okay, they're interesting clones, but are they that interesting? Mm-hmm. Well, like one of the things that I wasn't <laughs> sure about is... I thought that that arc, because that's the arc that that show starts with, when everyone wants to know what the fuck is going on with Ahsoka and everything, like, and mm-hmm. they, they start with this weird side story, I kind of got the feeling that this was an arc that they had already written before the show had been cancelled the first time, and that it was maybe already animated or at least written, and so they used it as the beginning because they had that story written. But now, with this announcement of a Bad Batch TV series... I'm wondering if, no, they were always setting this up, and that was... Because that that's how, in my mind, I let it slide, that Bad Batch um, mm-hmm. arc. I let it slide because I was like, maybe they'd written this before, and they had it, so that why not use it? And it would have been cool if it was just released organically, mm. and it hadn't been cancelled for three years in between. But now I'm like, what the fuck, Disney? This is such a Disney thing, too. Like, these characters, like, the guy, like, he's, his, like, one of his eyes is gone, and he's, like, a sharpshooter, and his name is, like, <laughs> fucking, what's his name? It's, like, sharpshooter guy. Um, Crosshair is his name. <laughs> the Grimm's, the team's grim, sarcastic sniper. Uh, Tech. Rex. The hyper-intelligent. Wolf, no, but those are the old Rex Wolf and Gregor are the old ones. The the bad oh, okay. batch is tech, the hyper knowledgeable tech specialist. Like uh, fuck, like what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Uh, yeah. So this is why how I disagree in the opposite direction is that and I'll admit to you right now that maybe this makes me a stupid baby and maybe this is a show for stupid babies. Mm-hmm. But you Clone Wars Kool-Aid drinkers <laughs> got so used to this show where you actually gave a shit about identical clones and have waxed poetic on this very podcast. Oh, the way that he slightly, his voice depiction of this clone is slightly different from this clone. And uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. And like Rex is slightly different from Murphy, but Murphy is slightly different from Franco. And like they're all the exact same friggin' guy. Hey, hold on a second. To insinuate that we insinuated that we watched this show because of the clones is completely false. But you love false. it. You love that element, don't you, of these no. clones? We loved Ahsoka. We loved all the Anakin Skywalker oh, stuff. That's what we love about this show, not the weird-looking clones No, I don't know here. about that. No, no, you're making that The up. original you're putting, clones. You're putting, you're putting words into it. Well, anyways, I just find it interesting that the people who like this show to begin with are like Bad Batch, and I don't like that show, and I'm like, yeah, Bad Batch makes 
sense. Oh, you've given me a bunch of clones, but they're different enough that they have separate personalities and traits, character traits, even if they are dumb, like... There, this is the, like for kids. Yeah, I right. Think it's this be is for, for kids, kids to be able to, yeah, keep track of these. Pe- there's different people mm-hmm. and characters. Yeah, this one's called Crosshairs. This one is called. It's like Chippendale Rescue Rangers over here, <laughs> but clones. So <laughs> I, it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm not gonna watch it, but I get it. I'm gonna read a little bit from uh, Zoner. Yeah, the one that's like, sorry, the one that's like Rambo. His name is Hunter. <laughs> like it's just like it's so bad. Sorry, bud. It's go for ahead. kids and me. I'm gonna read a quick quote from uh, Joel, who passed this our way. He's uh, an active uh, zoner and on our page and Instagram and whatnot. He says, "I mean, galaxy full of opportunities. A new female Dire Red series rumored, Rebel sequel series rumored, but instead we get this. Don't get me wrong. This could be amazing. However, I smelled it. This was announced because Disney wants to play it safe again. Yeah. However, it could bridge the gap between Clone Wars and Rebels." Mm-hmm. I, how I'm many not, gaps do we need bridged? Well, I, I harp on <laughs> are this. we still full? Of, like, are we gaping? Guys, uh, ew, Star Wars fans need to be bridged <laughs> constantly? No, no, I just, it's, this is something that we've harped on before in this podcast, and I do all the time with my friends, when they're suggesting things to watch. It's not okay to be just good or part of a series anymore. There's too much content out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's there just because it's in the Star Wars universe. I'm supposed to watch it, or just because it's in the Batman universe or Bird Box or Star Trek, whatever. Yeah, it's not good enough just to exist anymore because you can't just be good anymore. You got to be great for someone like me or Paul or any of us to watch it, right? Do you though? And the difference. Between good, no, never. <laughs> uh, I, I just think there's always going to be Star Wars fans who are always going to watch every single Star Wars thing that trickles out. Mm-hmm. And then that's enough, I guess, you know, to keep this thing profitable. I'm going to touch on a couple of the panels that Comic Con at Home is uh, has released. There's the, apparently this is just the beginning of it, and there will be uh, quite a bit more. Uh, but there's going to be a Star Trek Universe virtual panel. Sinequa uh, Martin Green and a number of the other people from uh, Discovery are going to be on that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A look in a look inside Marvel's Six One Six on Disney Plus, which mm. would be interesting. Uh, directors Jake, uh, Jillian Jacobs and Paul Shear. Uh, and executive producers will be on there as well. Did you just say Jillian Jacobs is a producer on a Star Wars thing? Director. Uh, no, no, Marvel 616. Um, 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 yeah, Marvel thing. Like Jillian Jacobs from Community? Am I thinking of the right person? Oh, yeah. That's her name. Yeah. Googling. <laughs> yeah, looks like it. Weird. Wow, good How for the her. heck did she get that job? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. That is an interesting jump. Going to be a Q&A session and virtual panel uh, with some folks from uh, His Dark Materials. Oh, yeah. Lynn Malinwell Miranda in that show. Oh, yeah. The Boys, season two. About how she's angry, she doesn't get to be Furiosa again. Yeah, that is... Uh... She's called Evolution of a Badass, <laughs> is what this, uh, this <laughs> session is called. <laughs> so yep. it's just basically a retrospective into her career as a... Uh, doing action movies huh. like Aeon Flux, The Old Guard, Mad Max, Atomic Blonde. Hmm. Uh, Walking Dead panel, which is cool. I actually might kind of tune in for the Walking Dead one because like, I'm still waiting for this goddamn 
finale. Mm. And uh, they actually had, there was like this clickbait article and it's like, the announcement date for the uh. announcement date of the finale has been revealed. Click here. And I'm like, fuck no. you guys. Ridiculous. So I just want to know when I can see that season being finished. Yeah. Yeah. There are two Walking Dead panels uh, in a row. Um, the Walking Dead at one, and then The Walking Dead World Beyond at two. Oh, and then there's also Fear the Walking Dead as well. Oh, wow. Did we <laughs> find the out if this is going to be like Paul hates, like a bunch of Zoom meeting blocks that people can watch, or are they actually like going to be at a physical place just with no audience? I have a feeling that Paul's not going to want to be a part of this weekend because <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be at people's houses. Hmm. <laughs> but I think what's interesting is that a lot of them, you know, they say, here's 5 p.m., a Zoom chat with Joss Whedon, but others don't necessarily specify that it's Zoomy. So it's hard to say mm-hmm. whether they're doing it. However, in the world, it's more likely. Yeah. At 5 p.m., click on this Zoom link to have Joss Whedon bully you for an hour. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> He's a monster. Um, yeah, <sighs> you know what's the sad thing about this is that like, hey everyone, it's your opportunity to like watch a Comic Con just like everyone. Everyone's gonna watch the same Comic Con from their house, and it's gonna be like, great for what? Who cares? For you know, nothing's coming out. There's no announcements. We yeah. can't announce anything. Walking Dead is coming back for season forty-seven. Who gives a <laughs> ripping shit? So, um, I will not tune in, but. <laughs> They might surprise us. Will you guys reach out to me and let me know if they do surprise us with halfway decent production <laughs> value and like a stage? Yeah, I'm actually gonna like I've I've set uh, I've you know, kind of made note on some of these, so I'm actually gonna try to get into some of these. And I believe like you got to go to the Comic Con website and do a registration thingy. Yeah, makes sense. Oh. Everybody wants um, an account, oh. so it's not like you can just click on a random link or whatever yeah. and then it'll send you to this panel, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, it, and, and I th- that might even just be because like, if you want to get into the zoom thing and ask an actual question or whatever, but right. I'm not in it for that. I just kind of want to see what these are like. And yeah, it's like, I think this is going to be like the closest to comic con I'll ever be able to get for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Besides um, some of the ones I mentioned, actually... I'm... go ahead. No, go on. Uh, besides some of the ones I mentioned, like I'll be checking this is some what the of these Comic-Con out. panels are going to yeah, be like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a Bob's there's a Bob's Burgers <laughs> panel with all of the cast, which I'm really interested in. Oh, and also, yeah. interestingly, okay. a 15th anniversary reunion of uh, for Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh you're kidding! Yeah, and is he going to be there for it? Keanu Reeves is going to be there. Yeah. Yes. And uh, with with the yeah. um, the director and producer. Hmm. So what I was going to say is that they might surprise us with halfway decent production value because did you guys see last night, like all of a sudden Jimmy Fallon is back in yeah. 30 Rock of Us? <laughs> yeah. And it, like I was stoked to see it. Like, And again, we've talked about Jimmy Fallon is one of the ones or I would say the one of the late night hosts who has the best house background with his slide and all his quirky craziness all over the place. And they set him up a desk and all that. And... Now he's beat everyone back to his actual studio, which has been rejigged to like feel more like it's not the regular Tonight Show. We're still in the middle of COVID, everybody, and he doesn't wear a suit and there's no chairs and the set is completely different and only half the roots are there and all that. But like he's he's coming back to a real studio at very least. The Tonight Show is not filmed with an iPhone 
anymore. So that's exciting. Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking that, oh, this is kind of cool, bec- and that Jimmy Fallon is the person that can pull this off mm. because he always laughs at shit <laughs> all the time <laughs> and breaks, kind of breaks from like the norm of what a, a character or whatever, like a, a skit character or whatever, like a host would do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what made me laugh the most because, like, when he first tried this in studio at the beginning of COVID, and he was like, "I'm just going to do the regular show with no audience." It felt awkward as fuck yeah. because he was telling jokes that would normally expect a studio audience to laugh at. Oh. Yeah. But then you just had like tiny, like little turtles from the uh, producers and the camera people. Right. Whereas this one, he knew that that was not going to be a case. So kept going with the jokes, kind of like how he did, like with the whole Jimmy Fallon at home. Yeah. But then you would, every now and then, he would break up and then you would also see like Quest Love. And, um, you know, like the, the people from the roots that you'd see them kind of like start to laugh and yeah. they would break up and you can tell that they're having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And, and that would be cool to see for Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, so a couple of things. Number one, I love that the, when the roots don't find something funny, they just don't laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And that, cause if, if they were laughing or forced laughing every single joke, you'd be like, come on, you guys, we know that's not that funny. Um, and number two, oh gosh! So I've been in I've been in the studio audience at two late night shows, Letterman and Conan, and oh. it's both the same. They spend like twenty minutes when they first sit you down with like a producers and a comedian, like a warm up comic, and everything comes out and coaches the audience on how important it is to like laugh your lungs out and wow. applaud every single joke Wow! because they're like the more fun you're having the more fun dave is gonna have the better this show is gonna go crazy right it's just like so just yeah. if you think something is kind of funny laugh your ass off if you right like that, that don't think about it there's like letterman has a hilarious sketch about like you know if you get the joke two weeks from now and laugh to yourself in your car that doesn't do us any good so (laughs) even if you don't get it right now or you don't think you get it like laugh harder than you ever would because it makes a colossal difference so imagine it's like it makes a huge difference to a studio full of people who are either laughing super hard or not laughing super hard clearly if they're coaching the audience up that much so you can just imagine the challenge it is to do this to an empty studio and the last thing I'll say is if you watch Fallon in his new studio back where in the, in, in the studio, it's different. So like I said, they've changed it and that's good. It would feel very weird to have him sitting at the regular Tonight Show desk with two empty chairs because he's still got to zoom everything, right? Yeah. And I just really hope this doesn't mean that that set has gone away forever because that Tonight Show set in the short five, six years that Fallon's been hosting the Tonight Show has become iconic. It's the best looking, most unique you know, just most beautiful late night show set ever. It's yeah. one of the strongest things about that show. Um, you know, the color palette, the the architecture, everything is so wonderful. So I hope that that hasn't been you know destroyed and goes away forever. Um, you know, because it's a weird thing to go back and watch like YouTube clips of Johnny Carson. It's like it feels like they were changing that set around every fucking two weeks. You never see the same set. Whereas Fallon, like you can go back through his entire tenure at the Tonight Show. It's the same and it looks great. So hopefully it comes back. Hopefully a more classic Tonight Show set comes back. But also if it is slightly different, then you can kind of, you know, qualify those two eras pre and post COVID. So I don't know. 
114,000 United States dollars uh, is what a sealed copy of the Super Mario Brothers game uh, sold for at auction on Friday. I need to know, like, the history of this. Like, why, why, why was this in your house? Did you forget about it? Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> did you buy a copy and then go, oh, I thought I bought it. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, I guess I didn't buy one. It was a dream. I'll buy another one. And then they, like, moved the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine people would be so forward-thinking as to save stuff. People do that nowadays, you know, they buy something to collect it. But I think back in the day, that's exactly what this sounds like. Just a, whoops, found this in a box. Really? Never actually got around to no. it. It was going to be a gift. No, come on, you guys. This, people did that all the time, all the way. That's why, like, yeah, mint condition shit from back but in the 60s exists. Yeah, but, like, toys, right? Yeah, people did that back then. But a mint condition... Super Mario Brothers video game in its box? Yeah. It's not right, like from a, a new kind of game system, sure. It's not like a yeah. display, like, it's not the game system, which may be. It's like a game. I don't know, it seems... I mean, Bud, you can speak to it. Like, we're all, I think, a little bit too young, sorry. But, like, wasn't the hype that, like, Super Mario, the biggest arcade game of all time, coming to the home console, wasn't that a colossal deal? At the time? Yeah, but that was in the midst of sort of a, a big wave of a lot of stuff coming home, you know, coming to home consoles. So right. uh, it was it was part of that wave, certainly. And it was a whole new thing for for kids to rot their brains out, as, as their parents would say. But yeah, as a as a part of history, I could see why it would be a thing. Yeah, there was a copy of a sealed copy of Mike Tyson's punch out, which went for fifty thousand wow. dollars. And I don't know if you there's the Super Mario Brothers 3 with uh, the Tanuki Mario on it. Yeah. There's a first pressing ultra rare copy of it where the where the word bros which normally appears on the right hand side of the box was actually on the left Whoa! side of the box. <laughs> it's just a, basically a weird misprint. There's only 10 known to exist. Mm. So that sold for 38,000 United States dollars. Yeah, wow. wow. Spend 10 minutes with Jason Lamb who is a collector right. slash I would say hoarder <laughs> and you'll understand like I, people absolutely would have done this buy two copies and put one in a hermetically sealed fortress crazy to one day sell i i buy it all right what's the thing we're going to talk about speed round bud speed round speed round yeah come on do it speed rounds uh, cnn sent a reporter to disney world on its first day of reopening and <laughs> what I thought was interesting about it, like obviously far fewer people that are, you know, that are usually in the thing, but they did a lot of their crowd drawing events like character, characters showing up and uh, for pictures and parades. They did a lot of that as surprises. So nobody would gather knowing that something was happening. It was just like, oh, here's three floats in oh. a parade. It's here. It's gone. We're waving. Bye. And then maybe half an hour later, oh, there's another three floats. Oh, there's a character. I love that a lot of this was done without a schedule because, yeah, you don't want to have a bunch of people congregating. Uh, they got a lot of flack both for a video that they released earlier where they had a bunch of their um, employees under masks saying, welcome home. And then there <laughs> were a whole bunch of... Um, fan re-edits that because of course you can't see their lips they would just overdub saying stay home you know don't yeah. come here that kind of thing and also they had a chill a chill out area where you could take off your mask that was the whole idea of the area was to take off the, so that didn't go well for them um either do they have like an industrial fan blowing the covid away from them or something or like into the woods if only right like wouldn't that be great yeah, yeah. 
I think there's a, there should be a designated should be a designated area where you can cough in people's faces. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, Disney Plus has decided to leave Hugh Jackman's bare butt in X Men: Days of Future Past. Sorry, is this a speed round? Are you doing speed round, yes, buddy? He's yes, speed round. He's this is not speed. Faster, 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 faster! You're going too slow. Fine then. Too many sentences. Hey, jeez. Disney Plus leaves Hugh Jackman's butt uncensored in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Sorry, Daryl Hannah in Splash. Yay! <laughs> there you go. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going! Get it going! Go, 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 Chris go. Hemsworth is going to bulk up uh, bigger than Thor to play Hulk Hogan in a movie, which I didn't even know was happening. What? Yeah! Crazy! He's got to grow that mustache, too! Woo! <laughs> Keep it going! Keep going! Keep going! Um... Avatar The Last Airbender has been recreated in this PS4 game kind of thing called Dreams, and apparently it's better than any other Avatar The Last Airbender game that has ever been created. But of course, licensing would probably prevent this from being a real thing. But it's really interesting to see the development of how that's coming along. The Sims is getting a reality TV show with real people that would presumably speak English and not, uh, what is it, Simmies or whatever they say? Simlish. Simlish. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. They're going to take all the ladders out of all the pools. (laughs) HBO Max plans a spin-off series based on the upcoming The Batman movie. Cool. And Warner Brothers executives say there have been no discussions about really releasing the extended Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. What? Oh, release the Schumacher, Schumacher cut. Schumacher. Schumacher. He's a treasure. Release Woo. the Schumacher cut. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. And one last thing. K-Swiss uh, has joined together with Harry Potter for some Harry Potter-inspired shoes. <laughs> what a weird K-Swiss. Like, when's the last time you heard about I their know, shoes? Right. Exactly. I remember wanting a pair of K-Swisses back in grade eight. Exactly. Back in grade right. Maybe they'll make you a Slytherin compare. And I hope that... Yeah, J.K. Rowling doesn't wet her beak on that. Woo! Okay, I'll give that uh, speed round at only a solid six, bud. You gotta speed that up. That's. F- I'll do better next time. I wasn't prepared okay. for it. And you forgot to... M- That's the point of speed round. Wait, wait, wait. What? what? I only got oh. three minutes. You also forgot about uh, Anthony Mackie becoming Captain America. Actually becoming Captain America with some of his comments that he made this week. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, sorry. Yeah, he was, he was talking about the lack of diversity on Marvel... Uh, sets and uh, mm. the Anthony and Joe Russo who directed all those Avengers movies they agreed so uh, uh. and I love that you know Anthony Mackie is taking the shield and running Ooh. with it here love it yeah Same. and not throwing it good phrase good phrase sorry I just saw another one that I glanced past um, Jada Pinkett Smith and uh, Will Smith confirmed her entanglement <laughs> with uh, August Alcina, I guess. I don't know who any of those people are. You don't know who Will Smith is? <laughs> Will Smith, you know Will Smith. Shut up. <laughs> Howard Stern said something pretty funny about um, to to August Alcina about uh, it was something along the lines of "You're lucky." Shut up. To um, go off of um, like, because po- this is what we were talking about last week with Art saying that you know, like you, you, you people go on social media, you can control your own message. Right. She can control her own message because she has like that thing, the red table talk. But she yeah. chose her message to be entanglement, yes. uh, and I think that was what uh, people didn't really. That's a very visual message. <laughs> yeah, that just got memed. Yeah, we had, well, because she was basically saying, like, even Will Smith called her out on his, like, entanglement. Just say you had a fucking affair or whatever. You you guys slept together. You banged. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but she chose to say entanglement, and that's where she's getting called out. And one of the things that I saw was this funny meme of, like, Will Smith sitting on one side of the table, and then uh, Jada Pinkett Smith sitting on the other. And in the next panel, it's Will Smith sitting on one side of the table in that scene from the 
the interrogation scene yeah. from iRobot. Oh, yes. And the robot sitting on the other side <laughs> of the table. That was, uh, that's, that's a pretty brilliant meme. Beautiful. Um, I th- are we reviewing and recommendation uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's affair right now? Is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. No, well, it does tie into what we were, because we were talking about like Brie Larson and her YouTube right. account, and oh, then we were talking about like... Uh, people doing the like, celebrities doing this now like having their own sort of social media outlets to control the message yeah and that's kind of where that uh that sort of stemmed from yeah they have the audience we have the experience yeah oh, that was neat though this is an interesting conversation i feel like and it's one that they're kind of ahead of the curve on i don't think generally people are ready to talk about like whether this is an open marriage or some kind of a polygamy or some kind of a non-monogamy or some kind of a like, uh, okay, we're not really married no more, but we have kids, we have a life, we have investments, we have, you know what I mean? So guess what? Most old people end up sleeping in separate beds anyways, so we might as well sleep in separate beds or separate houses, but still raise the kids and if you want to bang someone else no big whoop but i still love you like that to me is a very kind of evolved way to look at maybe what a next step for some people not everyone obviously but for some people might be for marriage and so i think it's kind of neat that they're having this conversation and that there's such a prominent couple doing it and you know being raw and real about it look it's not obviously easy when your wife is having sex with someone else and you're still supposed to be married to her, right? Like Will Smith, I from what I saw, was kind of a little bit chapped about that. But um, it's also just like, he's, but he loves this person and that's wonderful. So I don't know, it's kind of a neat thing and uh, good for them and I hope it all works out. <laughs> speed round, review and recommendation. I know, uh, oh, Paul, before you go, speed round, review and recommendation. I don't have to go a- anywhere. I did the morning show today. Oh! You don't have to go. Yeah, he doesn't I have like to do any show. It's like it's two o'clock. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, well, then Brian can review recommendation of the old guy. No, you weren't going to skip over the old guard to do Eurovision again? I was going to go back. Oh, okay. I was going to give you the finals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, really quickly on the old guard. I won't. I guess, has anybody else seen it in here? No. I saw that it was number one on Watched in Canada on Netflix this week. Lies. I'll do a spoiler-free <laughs> review on this. I originally saw that this was coming out, and I was like, oh, I don't know. This may, well, this is going to be like another Bloodshot for me. Mm. Uh, better than Bloodshot. Yeah. It was better than Bloodshot. Mm. Better than Bloodshot. Okay. Better than the Chris Hemsworth one that came out. Oh, yeah, really? What was the Chris Hemsworth one that came out? Extra- I think it's just uh, called that. Extraction. extraction. Yeah. I know. I think it's called um, the Chris one- Hemsworth one that came out. <laughs> that, that's what they should have called it, Netflix. Come on. <laughs> Let's write a strongly worded letter. No, um, no so... Well, sorry. <laughs> I, the thing that I like, because the thing that I didn't like about the Chris Hemsworth one uh, was just them trying... It seemed like they were trying to make a franchise out of that. Yeah. This one, I feel like, because also it comes from a comic book property, this one can actually, it feels like a, a, a franchise, uh, Netflix building a franchise around this is justified. What mm. I actually think that could have happened is that instead of them releasing a movie on the old guard, is that this could have actually have been like a television series. This could have been one of those mm. series that delves deeper. So if you don't know the story of the old guard, it's uh, based on a uh, graphic novel series uh, uh, by uh, Greg Rucka and, and if you want to know the 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 basic premise, think of a, a team of Wolverines, like people that have like this immense healing power, and oh. because of that, they are able to live essentially forever. Oh. That's what this is. Oh, hence the old. 
Yeah. Oh, they're because they're old. old. Yeah. And so they and you, you get a little like the, obviously the movie is set in sort of present times, but you do get a glimpse of the group dynamic and how just how long the group has been together um, mm. uh, in throughout their history. Like, uh, uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron's character is the oldest of the group, um, and they sort of find each other. They're able. They've got this kind of sort of linked this connection, this mental connection with each other where they're actually able to find hold on a second brian didn't she already make this movie with will smith uh, where they're like super powered human beings and they're old as hell holy hell and they beat up on each other no hancock did she what did she hancock, hancock. that's the name thank oh. you good memory S- sounds like no, that but, no this they're not like superheroes though they're they're only superpowers like wolverine where they have like the ability to heal and then obviously they're they're trained in multiple forms of combat and stuff um and this is obviously better than hancock i say i'm saying too um so the the basic premise is that they're like they're super old they they've been this group of i guess kind of you can call them like immortal mercenaries and they sort of take you know, they go from job to job they like they'll do like one job that they don't really realize it at the time but sort of changes the course of history and stuff and and does a lot of good for the world um and then they they split up and then they rejoin like years later kind of thing and there's just like really cool group dynamic um but I think the thing that really could work for this as either a series, like either a series of movies, or if they want to even turn it into a series, is that there's a lot of backstory that you can delve into with these characters because they're so old. Um, and they do some flashbacks to, you know, when they were actually teaming up, you know, and they were actually doing things during the Crusades and stuff. Yeah. Neat. Some of the costumes oh. and stuff when they do those flashbacks, like it's, Almost reminiscent to like them being at a Renaissance fair or whatever. They're not great, oh, no. uh, but I think it's like <laughs> they borrowed some stuff from The Witcher. Yeah, stuff? maybe. No. Like, no. like you'll, you'll you'll probably see swords and be like, oh, I don't like that sword, Paul. Um, yeah. But like, it's it is really cool because like you get to you get these characters that are already like if you think about Lo- the character of Logan in X Men, he's always like this super Sorry, who, round, Brian? like Logan in X-Men who? or Wolverine no 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 say it properly Logan no oh, sorry like no say like, it, like Logan and thank X-Men you. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you but like he's this very like he's one of the most well-rounded characters in Marvel because he's got this like long long backstory so um, this is something that Netflix can can probably use and actually make a series of movies on this. Uh, this is also featuring that. I think this is, I guess, one of the first mainstream movies to feature uh, main characters, like characters of this main cast uh, that are LGBTQ. Um, huh. And there's this one scene that... So, like, uh, Greg Rucka, who's the... Uh, again, he's the writer of the graphic novel series, and he also did the screenplay for this movie. I'm thinking what's happened is that in his contract to make this movie, he insisted on this one scene being put in where it's these two characters. There's two members of the team that are involved. They're, like, the two kind of gay you know, like this gay couple in the team and they're involved. And there's this, Sorry, um, if you can't hear Kirsten is crossing her fingers and 
and like chanting sex scene, sex scene. Oh my god! Want, is it a gay sex scene? No, it's not a. Well, no. See, and this is the thing. I think it's it's a monologue. This is I, I can send you some websites, Kirsten, no, but, if you're so high, if you're so desperate to see some gay sex. So. <laughs> Let Brian continue. Oh my god! The cast, like, so one of the, well, actually one of the cast members is Jafar Marwan. Oh yeah, Kinzari sexy from, Jafar. Um, See, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sexy Jafar. But he's uh, he's one of the member the the, the gay uh, like the members or like he so he and uh, this other guy in the group are together and uh, they've I guess been together. Their backstories that they've been together for hundreds and hundreds of years, like nine hundred oh, wow. years or whatever, and they actually wow. started off as mortal enemies and they constantly kept killing each other kept killing each kept killing each other and then fell in love through those like the years and they just ended up having this yeah like this like 900 year relationship that's so cool wow and it's weird that he is still calling him his current boyfriend that's yeah. a weird thing <laughs> yeah exactly just <laughs> my boyfriend for now so anyway this oh, the oh uh God. the monologue is like they their characters i guess spoiler alert get uh you know they they get captured and they're being mocked by this uh team that catches them and is like what is your boyfriend and he goes into this monologue saying something like he says uh something like like he's not my my boyfriend he's all that and he's more uh let me find the notes here this man is more to me than you can dream he's the moon when i'm lost in the darkness and warmth when i'm sh- shivering cold and his kiss still thrills me even after a millennium huh. his heart overflows with kindness which it, uh, this world is not worthy of i love this man beyond measure reason he's not my boyfriend he's all that and more oh. and that scene with uh that was that monologue that was performed by marwan kenzari in that van it was like such a small scene but i was like holy shit that that dialogue was kind of the best dialogue that i've ever seen um nice. you know portrayed in a movie mm. uh you know and, and it's it's cool to actually have like a mainstream superhero movie with you know this this love story behind it as well you know or this kind of subplot of a love story behind it yeah so i don't know i i there was i wasn't expecting much from this but i got a lot more than uh than i had originally anticipated out of the movie how so. long is <laughs> it it's a little it's a little bit over two hours yeah like two hours and four minutes or something but uh but yeah so like there are some low budget things like i said their uh their their costumes when they actually do flashbacks to like medieval times or whatever like almost reminiscent of like early days xena warrior princess kind of thing oh boy yeah uh some of the some of the things with the plot is like incredibly predictable like almost laughably predictable like how you if you see the story is is gonna go but the cast is really mm-hmm. cool charlie Theron was really good it has um the guy that plays uh uh who's harry potter's mean cousin Oh, Dudley. Dudley, was, yeah. He was in his Dark Materials, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that. But he's, like, got fit now. Yeah, Harry Melling, is that? Like, so yeah, he's, that uh, right. yeah, that sounds about right. He's Thank still you. a little bit weird looking, but, yeah, he's he's pretty fit. But uh, he's, like, kind of the main, uh, one of the main villains in this. Um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is in this and uh, has hmm. a really cool depth to his character as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, it's definitely worth a watch of... Uh, like way better than like because I at first I was like oh there's gonna be another bloodshot but I'm looking for something to watch but yeah. it was way better than that nice well 
What's I I th- I want to check it out, Brian. I meant to actually spend you know my time between morning show and this podcast, like no. hunkering down and watching it at work somewhere. But um, I, so I'll, I'll watch it for sure between now and next week. But um, I I just find it really interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, like the difference. I think a big difference between Chris Hemsworth and. Sorry, uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron? Charlize Theron. Yeah. Charlize Theron? Hemsworth already has a franchise, and Theron doesn't, really. So I would follow her into a franchise. And yeah. number two, I think that's a really neat, uh, it's like kind of a gimmicky thing, but that they're like immortal, because then you don't run into the aforementioned Optimus Prime problem of running out of story to tell, and that is why you can keep going back to the Wolverine uh, well is because you can tell his story throughout hundreds of years and if you want to put him in World War II or you want to put him in the American Civil War or Vietnam or any of those eras throughout history, you have yeah. a built-in way that that makes actual sense without having to reboot constantly. Yeah, it's it's almost like what the Kingsmen are doing, right? Like you can actually go back in time uh, yeah. in in movies and actually tell those kind of stories as well. Sure. So there's, with yeah, the there's same a lot character, with the, yeah, exactly. with the exact same person, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, neat. Art Aronson, where can we wait? Where where can we find him at all? Where would he go? He's gone. Oh wait, no. Are we doing Are we doing some Eurovision stuff first? Oh no, I was just, I was wondering if he was actually gone, but uh, no. Let's we'll have a quick talk about Eurovision before we wrap it up. Yeah, because Paul and I are such. <laughs> egotistical jerks that were like we weren't here so we need to talk about <laughs> Hamilton and Eurovision even though you guys did it last week. <laughs> I don't need to say too much about Eurovision. I thought it was kind of good. Yeah, like that's all I wanted to say is that when this movie, when we were like making fun of it and it was whatever, two hours and seven minutes and <laughs> yeah. we were both like, why is it that long? Shouldn't be that long. I mean, th- one of the reasons it's that long though is because I didn't realize it's obviously a musical and so they they do a homage to those musical numbers and they yeah. don't cut them off, right? Like yeah. they, they do the full whatever it is, three minutes that you're allowed in your vision and there's several songs. So I think part of the reason it is over two hours and not like a nice tight 145 comedy yeah. is because of those musical numbers. Well, I think they could have cut a lot of stuff out and fully kept those musical numbers in intact and it would have been better. I think it was still way too bloated and in fact... Um, no, I, I fell asleep with a half an hour left and I, I maybe will go back and watch, but I mean, the next day, the woman I'm currently sleeping with just described everything oh, that she's happened been to me. So, wow. she, oh, she just, no. This relationship is unfolding before our eyes. So, she just like described to me everything that happened. So I was like, all right, good enough. I get it. I, I don't know, but I... I thought that it had its moments. Mm-hmm. I loved Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Uh, will Ferrell... And I loved Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is way too good of an actress for this movie and could have like taken 30 to 40% off of it, the performance level, Mm -hmm. and still would have been very good and serviceable and what this movie deserved. She's way too good Mm -hmm. and she's just too good of an actress and she does too good of a job in this performance. The way her face emotes in this silly, stupid character. Oh my god, her comedy chops as well. Like, she is, uh, wow, what a performance from, how silly of a movie for her to do such a good job in. I know. Hey, Rachel McAdams, like the director, imagine yourself as a director. Hey, Rachel McAdams, like uh, this acclaimed actress, can you do a scene where you're pulling up your tights to make a camel toe? Before you ask, yes, it's going to be in the trailer. This is going to be a standout (laughs) moment, obviously. (laughs) 
I just thought it Which was is unreal. I thought it was just like a fun yeah. movie and it was um w- one of the things I really liked about it and reading about it after um is they don't make fun of anyone because at the beginning mm. I would I was like oh of course they've chosen a Scandinavian country and they're going to like make fun of how quirky and weird they are but but they didn't really they didn't make fun of any of the countries like this is kind of a spoiler but whatever this is the second time <laughs> we've reviewed this movie um when the Russian guy who shows up who by the way is based right. in Beauty and the Beast oh, yeah. um the real live version um when he shows up I'm like oh evil Russian guy here we are and that's not what happens with that guy's character at all yeah. he's just a Russian guy in a movie. Um, the I, only people who are villainized are the Americans. And even they are like, they're good-natured yeah, Americans, yeah. but it's funny the way that they chirp Americans so hard. Yep. Like, that, they took advantage of this moment to make fun of Americans. Yeah. There really isn't a villain in the movie like yeah. you, until like one point you're like, oh yeah, a villain, but then they're gone. It's, it's very strange. But I likened this movie to kind of the comedy of the movie Elf. ELF right. and uh, the movie um, Zoolander. Right. Like, it's just like there's a lot of really weird out there jokes that don't really land. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just so silly and so ridiculous. Yes. Um, but it's also just like kind of a fun, heartwarming kind of humor that you're like, oh, that didn't work, but you're so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. And a lot of that I feel like is thanks to Rachel McAdams and her mm-hmm. sweet mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm recommendation and also that actual villain mm-hmm. had a semi-reasonable motive too yeah. because he's like this would bankrupt the company yeah. the, the country yeah. also would be bad for the country brian have you played yaya ding dong in the mixtape yet i did oh, i missed uh, it I did. Oh, you know why because it was actually a request from a zoner <laughs> what <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. Good. And so I did, I did, and I included that beginning part like, you have to get in there and play Yaya Ding Dong. I <laughs> only you- want to hear Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> what did you mix it with? I'll have to go. You have to. Um, I didn't mix it. it with it. Like, I didn't, I just played it because I couldn't mix it with anything really. I played it, but <laughs> then I followed it up with a Monsters and Men. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, uh, yeah I I love that little meme too. It, it almost felt like a whole two and a half hour long movie just so we could have the joke of play Yaya Ding Dong. And I hope that Yaya Ding Dong replaces Freebird for the thing that dumb guys yell at concerts. <laughs> yeah, that's play amazing. Yaya Ding Dong. That's what like Jenny was saying is like she hated she hated the movie, but that was her favorite <laughs> part. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Art's not okay. there anymore. Art's not there. No, but no. he left me a note that says, oh. I gotta go plug BTS. So he would like you to go Bang listen Tang Boys! K-pop! Love it, K-pop dude! Band. Absolutely! Bang Tang Boys! BTS. Okay. Uh, good BTS stand right here. Is he a stand now? Yep. It says plug BTS. Wow. No other directions. Couldn't. I have no idea what well, else that must means. Must be what that means. Yep. So, okay. The zone.fm slash podcast. That's our plug for Between the Stammers, the podcast with uh, Art oh, and Caleb Kirby. No, I'm not going to do that. He's not here <laughs> between <laughs> himself. I am not going to let you guys do that joke. Uh, no. The podcast Between the Stands. <laughs> between, the stand. between the K-pop stands. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah, it does. Doesn't make any sense to be said. How, how does it not? Between the Stammers is back. COVID 19 shut us down. Who wants to make another one? Yeah, can we not? Art Eric wants to make another one. Let's do another this one. This should be the whole. Can only be like. 30, we're a little rusty. It can only be like 30 seconds. All right, that's all right, the problem. Right. We're right. a little rusty. I mean, like, when have we ever done more than one take? Never. 
Yeah. That's not how we do it. Okay. Well, then let's make this the take. Between the Stammers is back. Everybody get excited. Canucks are going to win the cup. Peace. At thezone.fm slash podcast. <laughs> Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? Um, You can find me at Kirsten. James, oh, I don't have anything fun to say. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the zone? And in the midday zone, starting in two weeks now-ish. Monday the 27th. The 27th. Good news. Yes. Thank you. Paul Pastino. Uh, we got to change the Star Wars calendar. I know this is the longest podcast of our lives, but Kirsten, real quick, just change the Star Wars calendar for us. No Have we not done that for two weeks? Uh, oh, yeah. my goodness. No yeah. Chewbacca. Nah. Chewbacca. So it's Chewbacca. The Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren was this was June. Uh, yeah, Chewbacca. Let's just go Chewbacca. How about Luke Skywalker? Stormtroopers. all of the different oh. Stormtroopers Stormtroopers. Amazing. Oh, God. Whenever the Stormtroopers anything, I'm just like, that's not a character. Don't put that on a and calendar. Says, crush the resistance. Uh, Stormtroopers. What the hell? It's June. Oh my or it's July. It's a fun summer month. You're giving me fucking snow what? snowmen? At least they're not snowtroopers. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Uh, Boitano913, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> And DJ Boytano on Facebook. Good thing you don't have to talk for a living. Nah. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. This has been the Geek Out Podcast episode, I don't even know, 90 through 2, 93, is it? 90, 93. 93. Stay safe. Love you all. Bye. And who cares where we can find Paul? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's right, too. <laughs> but I went to him and then he talked about the calendar. Dang it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Don't find me. <sighs> I'll take partial blame for that. <laughs> the Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.